0: Hello, you're listening to the Upspiral Leadership Podcast with your hosts, Poey Chu, Rebecca Breitling, and Sue Covelli-Buntley. This podcast is dedicated to helping leaders at all levels to think bigger, act bolder, and collaborate better in order to create positive change, even when it's hard. Join us as we explore journeys toward a world where everyone is running to co-create a better future because they feel
1: valued, inspired, and connected. Hello, listeners. This is Sue Cavelli-Buntley, and I am here to host our next episode of Upspire Leadership, the podcast. You are in for an awesome treat today as I have Kim Sandifer with me. Kim is a human resources executive who currently works with Halo-branded solutions and who has worked with other firms such as CNA, Ulta, Chubb, and Prudential. Her continuous learning, research, and designations are abundant, And her track record is stellar in supporting leaders, teams, and organizations to be inclusive, collaborative, strategic, and amazing for this world. I have known Kim for a million years, and I have watched her help others find their best whole selves so they could contribute to the greater good through purpose, grit, love, and optimism. She has often, more times than I can count, helped me even find my own light. And as the quote goes, she always reminds you of the song in your heart and can sing it back to you when you have forgotten the words. Please join me for our topic today, which is setting boundaries for work-life integration and help me welcome the inspirational Kim Sandifer, who is amazing in every way and my best friend.
0: What an intro. I need you to do that for me every single morning.
1: (laughs) Okay, I'm in.
0: (laughs) Well, good morning.
1: Good morning. Good morning, Kim. Happy to see you here. And our listeners can't see this, but you have a beautiful background. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about your background. I have to hear how you chose it and and describe to people what it is.
0: You know, it has multicolors and it stands for just the melting pot that we live in today. And I think it has the fist because it's about power and the words are love wins. And I think when we operate from a place of love and almost everything we do or try to do, you know, in the end, it it has good intention and has good outcomes. But um, I really think it's just about putting the power back in love and away from all the other distractions that we have going on in the world today. Um, Love that.
1: Love that one of our values at Up Spiral Leadership is actually the very first one is lead with love. And, And it just reminded me of what I see behind you and also The Fist, I love how you talked about it as power. And I also was thinking that it's like stand up, stand up for love. Uh, and I think that if we all did that, what an amazing change, positive change we can make. So anyway, thank you for inspiring me, not only with your beautiful face, but your beautiful background.
0: <laughs> wow, well, you know what, I, I, I do my best too. I do my best I and mean, I appreciate, you know, your continued support support. And- Bringing me on to do something that I'm actually not very comfortable with doing, so I'm excited though to share. Um, but this is the first time I'm doing it in this type of forum, so um, I'm excited Love to be here and I'm, I appreciate you having me.
1: You'll be you'll be amazing. We're just having a conversation, and you have amazing wisdom and great things to share. But let's start with you just telling us a little bit about yourself.
0: So most of my background has been in HR. Uh, with several, mostly in the financial services industry. I started off on the business side for several years, though, so to kind of set the foundation before I went into HR. And I've had the opportunity to work in um, promotional products, which I do right now uh, with Halo Branded Solutions, the number one branded solution company in the, uh, in the country. And um, I've also worked for Ultra Beauty, so those have been my kind of outside of financial services type of roles, but I kind of fell into HR. I don't think it was something that I had planned to do, but I found it to be a great balance between being able to work in the business, but doing it in a way that is focused on people and helping the business, which is their most important asset. And that's kind of the thing that drove me into HR, I think, is because it's about people and how we can make people better and stronger to make organizations better and stronger. So that's, and I have two kids that, a boy and a girl, Michaela and Jabari, and I have a marriage husband of 31 years next in about four days. So uh, yeah, that's me in a nutshell, and i a boatload of family and friends that, that keep me sane, so uh, yeah. Us a little bit about my background and who how, who made me I, who I am today. Love that, love that beautiful
1: story. Lots of great things, and I love your connection to people. And you can see that and feel it even over even over a podcast or over Zoom. So that's really amazing. Uh, it's 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 really cool. So let's jump into our topic of today, and we could take this in a million different ways. So we would love to to see where the spirit moves us today. But our topic is setting boundaries. It it initially was setting boundaries for work-life balance. And a lot of times I switch balance and Kim, you can do whatever you want to say integration. Because sometimes, you know, balance has a different connotation than integration. And sometimes we're doing both. Sometimes we're doing one or the other. But tell us a little bit about what you think about setting boundaries for work-life balance and why is it important? And what are some of your thoughts around that?
0: Yeah, you know, actually, that's probably would have been my first response. Um, so I'm glad you kind of opened it up a little bit, is that I don't know that you ever really have what the world would consider balance. I do think it's integration. I do think it is a journey. Your life is a journey. And each each phase of the journey may feel differently and how you go about uh, you know, attaining balance in your life or equilibrium or integration, it, it it looks different in every stage. And when I think about it, obviously boundaries is a way that you can go about getting that integration slash balance. But I think um, boundaries are, they look so different and can show up in so many different ways as well. So I would probably start off maybe by talking a little bit about the paradigm of work life balance because I just I think if you probably talked to me you know 20 years ago I would have looked at it entirely different. I think work life balance for me, you know, 20 years ago starting my well, 20 plus years ago starting my career it was about perfection. I really think I had a mindset of, you know, you can be a working mom and life and you know, you had to kind of juggle all these balls and do it successfully in order to be considered a person who had really good work-life balance. And I think what we have done, what we created though, was a false, a false, perception of what work like work life balance really was and put women and others, not just women, we can talk a little bit about that, though, under um, under a microscope that wasn't fair, and wasn't attainable. So that's where I would probably start is really that I don't really believe in work life balance, I believe in integration and that integration is something that we are continually working on evolving and changing all throughout our lives. So Kim,
1: tell me a little bit more about what does integration mean to you? And I don't know if you could describe it or tell a story or because it's it's a fairly new concept. And I think we're all trying to get our arms around it. And I think the pandemic probably forced a lot of that on us Uh, but I think we're all trying to get comfortable into that. What are your thoughts?
0: So I look at it as how do you focus where you need to focus and be present where you need to be present throughout the day. And so I do believe the pandemic has helped us reframe the words of work-life balance into integration because of all the additional variables that you know, people have had to face. And so when I think about it, I think about it as when I was, when my children were young, um, very active in sports and dance, and also me trying to build a career, you know, in the insurance industry. There were times where, you know, I had to leave work earlier to make games, to, you know, be able to support my kids and in, in their passions. And get back on and work a little bit later on in the evening after all those things were on to get my work done so i think back then in the office was the only way we worked and you know so we had to try to find ways to balance it differently back then and i was blessed to have you know friends and mentors and bosses that supported understood the importance of all those pieces and so i think for me it was about making those shifts and how we made those shifts of integration back then. And then as time went on and my kids got older, you know, it, the events happen more later at night, right? So I was able to work more during the day, um, regular work hours, and 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 then go to those kid events and spend time with my family more in the evenings. And then I think you know, even as time has gone on and they, they're adults. The way we spend our time is differently is different and you know what I appreciate about today is that we have evolved so much from a workplace perspective that it allows people to have that variability without so many constraints that I think we had, you know, some time ago in the workplace and specifically you know, around, you know, remote work, hybrid work, you know, all those things, technology advancements, you know, with Zoom and team calls and all these things have allowed us to to find new ways to integrate, right? So that could mean I do run to the grocery store at lunch, and I, you know, can fix dinner a little bit earlier in the evening. So I, I think there's a lot of, a lot, a lot that has came through technology. And also, unfortunately, some of the the events of the world have forced us to really look at what integration means for people, how important it is for well-being, and then making adjustments within the workplace to allow them to be able to exercise what integration means to them, right? For me, it is being able to do both successfully. It doesn't have anything to do with time on a clock. It doesn't have anything to do with 50-50 it's about it's about balance and success, what success looks like for me in each, in both of those avenues of my life, with, for work as well as for our for my family. So that's kind of how I look at integration and evolution.
1: Kim, can you tell us, I love your answer to that. Can you tell us a little bit about, talk a little bit about boundaries? Because I will say, I will speak for myself, I am, Definitely, it's not a strength of mine, setting boundaries. And you have helped me with that over my whole entire life. And I'm still, I I still struggle with that. But tell us a little bit about boundaries and what actions people can take to set boundaries and how we can improve
0: from that standpoint. Yeah, I think, I think boundaries are really important. And I think it's, it is something that has helped me a good, I think a good portion of my work life. And my big thing is working understanding that the in putting the boundaries in place it allows us the mental capacity to be able to be present in whatever we're doing right um and so again whether that's work related or it's in our personal lives it allows us to be present i think when we don't create when we don't put boundaries up it doesn't make us show up as our best selves because we're stressed we're tired you know and In order to give others every you know your best self to show up as your best self I think you have to put these boundaries in place and some things for me. Is I, I think some of it is letting go of myths and some of the myths that I think we set for ourselves is that you know, to be successful, I need to work 60 hours a week. I think I had that has been something that people have tried to put in my backpack for like. 20 years right I have friends who strongly believe it like you know if you're not working 60 hours a week you're not being successful and so I don't believe that I believe that I need to be able to do my job do my job successfully and I put in the appropriate time to get that done does that mean sometimes I work a little bit more than other times yes but do I believe that that is is a, a fundamental way to be successful, I don't. So I think, you know, and that's one boundary that I have always set for me and it's a mental boundary, but I do think people have accepted a lot of these mental models and these mental models have forced them to work differently. And so that's one thing is I think is our mindset and letting go of things that we defined previously as of tools for success. And so I, I think the another boundary I've set for myself is that, you know, a perfect house isn't a perfect, you know, it doesn't mean a perfect life, right? I think for a long time, you know, trying to be a good wife and a good mother, you try to make good meals and the house needs to be in good shape and the house needs to be clean and all these things. But I think the boundary came in, really the most important thing is my is the time that I spend with my kids and my husband. And so it's if the house isn't perfect, you know, for that week, that's okay. But again, we have these mental I think these mental models that we've established on what effective life balance looks like and I, I and I think because of that we've allowed ourselves to be pushed beyond our boundaries and that affects our mental well-being and it affects how we show up for work and how we show up for our families. And so to me those boundaries are critical for good mental health. And they're also good for relationship in both of those spaces. So those are some things that I think for me is really just letting go of what the world has defined on what success looks like in any of those areas. You have to let that go. You define it for yourself because what people remember is how you make them feel. And so, you know, when it comes to our families, we need to try to do our best to spend quality time with the people that mean, that are important to us, whoever those are, you know, children, parents, best friends, whatever it is, find the time for those things. Because those are the things that are most important. And, but at times I think we put too much pressure on ourselves to try to be the best at everything, Um, but we have to redefine what that means. And I think that will help us to start to set boundaries. And because I have let, I had to let a lot of that go. I mean, even down to how the laundry is folded and how the dishwasher is stacked. I mean, it, 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 all of it, all of it causes un- undue pressure when in reality, if if, the, if they're in the closet, the whole cl- you know, the, the things are in the closet, it's fine and they're clean. And if the dishes get clean in the dishwasher, it doesn't matter how they're stacked. But I think, again, it's just how, it's how we put these pressures on ourselves, to create these unrealistic out- outputs. And by doing that, we, we stretch our boundaries and we don't force ourselves to really focus on what's most important, which is our own kind of mental balance and able in our ability to, you know, give our best selves in, in each moment that we, you know, try to engage in. So that's
1: amazing, Kim. I'm sitting here, you know, trying to fight back the tears in my eyes, because what you're saying is so beautiful. And, and one of the images or metaphors or anything that was, or something that was floating into my mind is that even the mental model about boundaries for me just changed in hearing you speak because in my in my little brain, <laughs> I think of boundaries as something that limits you or something that is um, you know boxes you in. But the way you just described boundaries is exactly the opposite. It actually sets you free. It opens you up to abundance. It opens you up to you know, positive ripple effects and, and, and possibility. And, and I never even thought of boundaries as being able to do that. So, wow.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, that's 100% true. I mean, I think, and thank you for kind of reframing it in that, in that way, Sue, I think I do look at, at it as, you know, protection that allows you to be um, the best you can be. And I also think another mental model that people have is that you can do it successfully without help. And I think that's a, you know, I think if you think back on maybe my age, um, I'm showing my age a bit, but when you think about how you used to see women portrayed um, specifically on TV and things like that, you know, it was like they always had a perfect house and they always had the meals prepared and they, you know, they they had all these things right and they did it all by themselves. And, you know, they had the little schedules and the checks and balances. But you know what? You need a tribe. You need a tribe and, and to be to, to also be successful. And that tribe can look, you know, how and it can vary for you what on what your tribe looks like. But I don't think I would have ever been able to work successfully and, you know, be a good mom and a good wife without my tribe. And so I think one of the other things is set is that I feel is super critical is having a good support system. Mm-hmm. And I know that can look a lot of different ways for different people, but I, you know, I have my tribe of friends that keep me sane. I have my tribe, you know, during basketball season when my son was playing, you know, 16 games in a week, you know, between the tournaments and school ball that, you know, you have your tribe of of support of sports moms and and dads, right? That can help you get to different events and things like that. But I think, I think it's important to also break the mental model that if you need help, that that's, that's not, that that's, that's weakness because it really, really isn't. And I think if nothing else, we've learned through the pandemic. um, I was, I didn't have to teach my kids through the pandemic. So I was very, very grateful for that. I mean, they're clearly um, grown, but I, had to call someone like to before I had this call to ask, what was that experience like during the pandemic to have to figure out schooling and work? And, you know, and again, this is not just focused on women, obviously, um, this is men too, because we all need work life integration and we all need support. And she was talking to me and she's like, Kim, it's no different than when you, you know, you were going through it as a young mom. She said, you know, I just used my tools right she's like I use my support system and. At a certain time I had to close that computer and I had to engage with my family, so I think you know I, I really was for me that was a learning because I was thinking it was so overwhelming to think about what people have had to go through in the last couple of years with the pandemic, especially with school age kids and aging parents Um, both that. I was thinking, gosh, like work life integration, what, what it seemed to have been impossible. Like I think about it and I'm like, I thought it was, you know, difficult when I was coming through with young kids. It almost seemed impossible to the point I had to have somebody walk me through it and tell me about their experience so that I could make the correlations better. Because I, I, um, I think it's amazing what people, I mean, the pandemic obviously has had a lot of negativity, but the positives that have, some of the positives that have came out of it is this idea of how we work and how we contribute and how we how our children how we show up for our children and how we show up for our parents and how we you know, it's, it's really changed the whole way. I think for the future on how that's going to look for our kids as they continue through their lives as young adults. Um, and what that experience looks like. Um, but they also I also think it has helped people draw boundaries a little easier. Yep. i it, it's just my opinion. I see the young, the individuals in the workforce today, they're, they're putting up what they consider boundaries of, you know, not working more than X, Y, Z, not taking on things that they feel they don't have the capacity to take on, but asking for time to get things done and prioritization and all these different things that I didn't even think about when I was their age in the work, in the workplace. So I'm truly, I'm an admirer how work has evolved and um, how our young minds that have entered the workplace are embracing that change. So I think it's been pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, I love that. And, and, and you're helping me, Kim, and I know you're helping so many other others um, who are listening right now to think bigger about boundaries, because it would be easy to think of these boundaries that people are are setting for themselves especially in the workplace or really anywhere in their lives to, as as if and and thinking smaller about what it means like they don't care about their work or enough they don't care enough about their work or they don't care enough about whatever it is they're setting a the boundary around but you're helping me to really think bigger that again that it's exactly the opposite that they're they're creating possibilities and they're opening up themselves to, to be better. So I I love that because it it would be so easy because we have such strong mental models uh, to, because I was even fighting when you were talking, I was fighting some past mental models or mental model or experiences that I've had in the past. So I love the fact that you're helping to you know, really expand those mental models and help us to think bigger. The other thing that you did it, and it goes right into our next question, is that you, uh, and I don't even know if you realized you did this, but you tried to learn from someone in relation to an experience, for example, going through the pandemic, because you didn't necessarily have that experience yourself. And that is also something I just want to point out that you do so naturally that I think is so important for this particular topic and so many others is that we go seek we go, find, we go outside of our circle of trust. We go outside of the experiences that we've had to really learn what it felt like, what it was like when you went through this as a, a parent with young kids during the pandemic. You didn't assume what it was like. You went and asked and you listened to understand. And I really think that is a beautiful lead by example. And because it, it goes into some of the next couple of questions that we can lump together is like, how do we provide this visibility into our needs so that others honor the boundaries and what could people and organizations be doing to have a cultures where this is, this type of conversation that we're having right now is often and regular. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, really, really great lead way. And I, I think it is about having the conversations and being, being open and honest about where people are and how they feel. You know, I think people still operate under a mental model that it is, is some form of weakness or that companies have an idea of what, how they need to show up and be in order to be successful. But I think we have to ask the questions as organizations. I think if we don't know, it's a learning journey. And I think it is continually evolving each and every day on what work-life balance looks like and, And if you don't talk to employees to understand their journey, then you don't know how to as a company to provide them what they need for that balance. And so I say it starts with having conversations and people being transparent with what they're experiencing um, with their bosses or with their organizations through whatever venues they have set up to be able to provide that that feedback. I mean, it could be as simple as you know you sitting down with your boss and talking about some of the things that are going on and it's not about laying out your personal business as much as it is. Sharing what you need as a person to keep those boundaries and keep that like mental health, because I think. Uh, as much as we've seen in the world now about the importance of mental health, it hasn't just became a thing. By the way, it's just it became a thing now that people are acknowledging publicly, so that people feel comfortable with you know, with, with sharing and being able to express themselves in a way that allows them to be there, you know, be vulnerable and to express what they need. And you know, I think the best companies are the companies that listen and attempt to figure out ways to provide, not only for the open dialogue, but solutions. Because I think, you know, people just need the ability to to have solutions, right? Some things that they can be thinking about, and how to incorporate them into their worlds to make their, their, for their well-being, and also to allow them to be their best selves at work. And so I think from companies it's having a dialogue being open for discussion and not being fearful, because I think sometimes as, as as in companies people there's a fear about having that open dialogue because they feel like they can't give people options or there's no there's no solutions right and the solutions come from the dialogue. So if we don't know what's going on as organizations we can't help we can't help people to figure out what those solutions are. And just like you mentioned around the young lady that I had reached out to about the pandemic and her experience, she talked a lot also, a lot about, you know, you, you using help. You know, she said, you know, she found places that made food, right? So she could go pick up a quick meal or, you know, and didn't feel like a homemade meal was a requirement. So I think, you know, that sounds like something really, really simple. But it is something that continues to force us to think about those mental models that we have set on what success looks like. And you know, I was thinking about it also around elderly parents because I also think it's important that we broaden the perception on what we think about from a work life—what what, what work life balance is and who it impacts. Because it's not a woman issue. It's not a parent, oh, you know, a parent issue. It's just certain situations. It's elderly parents and it's situations where people have multiple people living in their households and you know there's so many different challenges that compete with trying to find that good integration that we also should be really broad on what how we define it in our minds because i do think a lot of times we go straight to women and and moms when we think about that integration but it's you know it's men as well i mean they're trying to figure out how to provide those balances in their lives is, you know and, and with elderly parents as we're experiencing that ourselves, um, you know, and how to be able to provide that space in our lives, to be able to give to our parents and you know, making that a priority when it's needed. And so I think my main question, my main answer though, on the on the company piece is that companies need to be open to having the dialogue and they need to create opportunities for people to share. And I think by doing that, we come up with solutions together. And those solutions can look different in every organization. So there, I don't think it's a one-size-fits-all. Some people need to come in the office because they need to be able to get away from the distractions of things that are going on at home. So the ability to have hybrid work and having a place where people can go could be really important. Or it could be just technology and being able to go to a, you know, a place to be able to plug in um, where they could also have some coffee. You know, so I mean, I, I think it looks different for everyone, um, and it could be having the ability to take your parent to a you know rehab situation in the morning and working more at night. But I think it does you you will never know unless we're not willing to have real conversations about it. And I and I also think the other piece that's really important is, you know, you gotta you you, you gotta do well at work right? So, I mean, I think being, showing, having good performance at work is another really important piece because that opens up, I think, the opportunity to keep having more dialogue. So, I I do think it's important. So, as as important as integration and, and mental health and all those things are, you know, I do think working to be successful at work is really important and meeting your goals and objectives and things like that. That's the HR side of me. But I do think that takes away from any other conversations that could be happening that might be more limiting to your opportunities to expand um, and have more flexibility. Um, so I, I I can't get around it. So I, I'm gonna throw it in there with just that little piece. But because I do think it's important to um, in order to have those conversations that you're doing the things you're supposed to do to support the company and the organization as well. So yeah. So, yes, I love that. and And I, and I
1: think <laughs> you you're right. I mean, you're making such good points. I do think a couple of things i just want to highlight or you know revalidate is that you know organ i was just reading an article the other day and it talked and it just highlighted something that you mentioned is that you know as probably as recent as 10 years ago maybe even earlier as leaders in organizations we were told to not have these conversations you know not delve too deep into what people were experiencing beyond the workplace because it was dangerous (laughs) or whatever. I don't know what the words were, but now it's not only acceptable, it's expected and it's appreciated and it's necessary to have those dialogues. And that's really how leaders and organizations can support their teams. Uh, I also love about how you said is, is to, is to when this happens, I mean, you have to perform. You have to perform well. You have to give your best at, at everything, and it not only helps you to have this, ex- you know, to have this ability to really integrate work and life and get get support from all around you, but it also helps you feel better yourself. So I think that when you can give your best to whatever moment your best is in that moment, whether it's your work performing at work, or whether it's helping your mom, or it's whether it's you know doing something outside of work. I think that's that's incredibly important. And then the last thing I'll say is that that asking that that concept of asking for help is a sign of strength because I do, I, I feel like there's so much, so many mental models around asking for help being a, a sign of weakness, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's at home, whether it's you know battling illness or whatever it is, I just feel like that's something that is a mental model. That we need to scream from the mountaintops that asking for help is a is a sign is a sign of strength, and it's something that we should appreciate. I was very proud yeah. of one of my daughters last night because she was talking about her experience at camp, and one of the camp counselors uh, missed a couple of days, and they were honest about it that they were they had to handle a, some a mental health issue of their own, and it was funny because when she was telling the story. A few of the adults in the room, uh, I felt like we're rolling their eyes a little bit and she stuck up for the person she said no, that is that I don't have a problem with her saying that i'm actually proud of her saying that. And, and we were fine we even as campers, you know we rose to the occasion so and, and there was still another camp counselor there, I said, but but we rose to the occasion and helped her be able to go take care of herself and i thought that was a pretty powerful thing for a youth of a youth to say <laughs> and a very and it just gives me optimism for the future and, and it yeah. and it models what you were just saying kim because there's some tough stuff in life uh that that really
0: requires some boundaries yeah. Yeah. some mental models yeah it is and i i think we put we put too much pressure on ourselves and i think a lot of it so the reason why she was able to respond that way is because she's got, she's got good stuff poured in her. Let's, oh. let's be clear. I mean, I think it's because, you know, she understands um, the importance of boundaries and respect that boundaries are necessary for good mental health. And that I think that comes from her her model being set in a, in a way that embraces, you know, that as strength. And so I, but I, I think we have to keep forcing ourselves to challenge our thinking, and I, I don't think it's an easy thing to do because you know we've been programmed, you know, through all, all of our experiences, and those experiences, right, are what form our beliefs, and they get so ingrained in us sometimes that you know those beliefs that we never really challenge ourselves on whether or not there could be a different way of looking at it. And it also taps into values a little bit, too. I think, yeah. you know, and our values, you know, can, they're ingrained in, you know, every part of our being. And but I do think we have a responsibility not only to ourselves, but to each other to really step back and ask our, ourselves some questions when we're exposed to something different. And because I, has, I still hear it at work, like, you know, if they're not in front of me, I don't believe they're working. You know what I mean? So and I, so I think we have to keep asking the questions and challenging people just like your daughter did, um, because that's the only way we're going to help people to step back and maybe think of, question themselves a little bit differently. Like, is this truly a truth or is this something that I have created through my experiences? right and because it, it doesn't always mean that that's that's the only truth it just means this is the truth created from your experiences and I, or there's a lot of things i'm grateful for but one of the things i'm most grateful for is the ability to continue to see things differently and expand my thinking and i have seen it in myself i've seen it in my kids but i think it's, it's the most critical piece for us to keep embracing one another supporting one another and you know learning because we'll have this conversation about integration in 5 years and it will sound entirely different because it, it, we're just evolving so much each and every day on what that looks like for people and they're also creating different you know ways of working, people are becoming more and more entrepreneurial. And I think it has to do with wanting that ability to do things their own way. And so I think we can offer that in organizations as well. I mean, obviously, we have certain goals and things we need to get done and achieve. But how we do it is the piece that I think companies just need to be more open with how what that looks like and feels like. And I think we'll be able to get the the great minds and big organizations, just like the great minds and entrepreneurialship. I think I, I don't think it has to be exclusive. I can think it can be very inclusive if we are just focused on and continue to be challenging our thinking, focusing on the hows. We get the whats right, but how we get that done, I think, is the place where people have an opportunity to keep just you know questioning and expanding their thinking to help us get to good integration and for people. So,
1: yeah, I love that. I love that. I just want to, I just want to play what you're saying over and over and over again, not only in my own mind, but for so many people, because what you're saying is just so incredibly powerful for, for the workplace today and for lives for lives today. So thank you so much, Kim. Is there anything else that you want to add before we get into the
0: lightning round? I think I think the only thing I would say is is grace, right? I think gratitude is extremely critical for mental health, and you know, um, just being grounded and centered. But I also think grace is just it's something that we need to do. We need to provide more of for each other. And you know, I think if we can come at a from a place of grace when things happen and assume positive intent, then I think you know, it, it ends with better outcomes. I think when leaders are, you know, having difficult conversations, or even at home, when you're having difficult conversations, if you assume positive intent and give people a little bit of grace, mm. um, even the people who cut even even people who cut you off on the road, I think if you can just, if you can just, you know, look at it with a different lens, than the lens that you've been programmed to look at it through. I really do think that we can make so much more progress as humans. I think it gives you also, though, a boundary. And I'll end with that because grace can give you a boundary. And that boundary is that I don't put my okayness up for grabs. And that says that if somebody cuts me off and I get all agitated, then I'm giving them the power to mess with my okayness. And I think that that is one boundary that we need to be a lot more protective of. And that one is not necessarily about expansion. That one is more about protection. And that protection of our well-being comes from being able to set a boundary of our okayness. And that, you know, so I I think that's probably the maybe opposite of the boundaries I said earlier. But I think that one is really, really important because, it is something we can completely control if we just catch ourselves in that moment to make a different decision. So that's probably the only other thing I would add.
1: Yes, I love, I mean, that is so, it's so beautiful. And I think it's the same as what you said before, because when we, when we protect our okayness, that does open us up to abundance and possibility and positive ripple effects. I mean, it really is. Even though it's protection, it's it's still the up spiral where we are allowing ourselves to, you know, think bigger, act bolder, and collaborate better. So I I just love I I just love that, and I'm just gonna I'm going to remember that. So thank you. So are you ready for the lightning round? Let's do it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is uh, one of my favorite parts of each podcast, and what will happen here, listeners, is that I'm going to ask five questions and even though it's five questions you know we're you know we're looking for fairly quick responses thus lightning round and which is pretty apropos right now because I think Kim is having lightning in her background <laughs> you may have heard it a few times as as we speak so it's really it's really perfect for this moment right now. Okay so first question what leadership trait does the world need most?
0: Unfortunately, I, I do think it's it's grace. I I know I mentioned it earlier, but I truly believe that one is one that we we can't exercise enough.
1: Love it, so, love it. Yep, love it. And who do you know that best models this trait, and why?
0: I think you have you have shown me um, the importance of grace with all the with the different things that have happened in your life. I think you have demonstrated, which is no surprise to me that it is coming out of your children's pores, because I think you demonstrate grace in all you do.
1: Oh, thank you. You're not allowed to say, you're not supposed to say that because (laughs) I have to keep talking. But anyway, so thank you for that, Kim. Next question. What do you believe
0: that almost no one else believes? I do believe that there's more good than bad. And I think that it challenges us all the time to be able to, to hold on to that. But I truly do believe that there is more good than bad in the world and that good is going to win. I just think we all have to focus on the things that we've kind of talked about today and you know continue to give each other grace and operate in love. And I, I think we'll all start to see that in each other. But I do believe there's more good than bad.
1: Excellent. So do I. That's amazing. Okay, so what's the wildest idea you've ever shared with others?
0: The wildest idea I've ever shared. Well, I don't know if they would consider this wild. I consider it wild. I've told the kids that I would like to live in a compound where we all just live in the same space and I have access to all my kids and my grandkids and that we all just live together in one one house and one space and one compound. I think that people might not think that that's wild, but I today with all the things that are going on, whether or not kids wanna actually stay with their parents. So I didn't say they validated it. I just said that that was, that was my wild idea is to stay together and live in a compound and you know uh, take care of each other and just be under one roof. Because for me, that would be ideal.
1: I love that, Kim. And I have to, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna make sure Skylar, my daughter, my <laughs> oldest daughter, listens to this because that's her dream. <laughs> um is that is, is hey,
0: I knew, I knew me that? and Skylar. I knew, I knew <laughs> me and Skylar have this thing. I knew it. Um, love it. But yeah, I don't I don't know if people really want to do that, but I actually wouldn't mind it.
1: So love it. Okay, last lightning round question. What is your
0: biggest wish for the world right now? Um, my biggest wish for the world, I think, is just that we try to work on seeing the good in each other. I just feel like everything that is happening is working to create the division. And honestly, I don't even know if people even believe the things that they're standing on to be divided. Um, I think it has became. I, I really do think it's a manipulation of trying to keep people separate. And if we could just put the same energy and the things that are important to both of us, which is where I really think we started, at some point we were getting so much better, but I kind of just feel like now it is how things are being introduced to us to provide separation. And I think it's pretty sad. And so I think if we could just get to a place of unity and really starting to find the places where we, that doesn't mean we don't have differences, because that doesn't, that doesn't mean that, but it means, you know, because you believe something and I believe something, it doesn't mean that we can't operate peacefully in one space. It doesn't mean, it just means that your beliefs are a little different than mine, and that's okay, your experiences are different than mine, but it doesn't allow me to judge you and say you're good or bad or right or wrong just because that's what you believe, but I, I think we have to really fight to keep the to keep the unity. As hard as people are fighting for the separation, um, because that's what that's one of the things that really keeps me up at night. Sometimes is all the separation that is being plugged into the world right now, making people choose sides and making people think their beliefs are better than someone else's beliefs. My beliefs evolve every day. And I think people should be okay with that and they should challenge their, their beliefs to evolve every day too. Um, And maybe that'll put us in a better space. I I think it's just the separate, you know, the separatism. So I just, I'm excited about the idea of finding ways to completely focus on unity. And again, it doesn't mean there's no difference. It just means unified and that we're accepting that other people think differently. So I I think that's my big one um, that I would close with. And it probably is the fifth and says love wins. On my, on my background, uh probably summarizes it. Just walk in love and you know, good intentions. And I think the world will be a better place.
1: Wow. All I can say is wow. Um, brilliantly said. Thank you so much for that. Kim, this has been such an amazing time together. I have one last question, and it really, it really lends itself to the up spiral, which is which is literally everything that you speak of lives in the up spiral where we, um, you, know, don't let our circumstances define us or our success. It's all about our, you, know, what we choose to believe. And, and if we can think bigger, we can act bolder and we can collaborate better for collective success. Uh, but it all starts it all starts, as you have mentioned so many times with what we believe. And so help us with this topic of setting boundaries for work life integration or work life balance or whatever we're calling it. What is a one limiting limiting belief that you often hear about work life balance and how can we reframe it? And you can use something that we've already talked about just to validate it or you can mention something new. But again, what is one limiting limiting belief that you often hear about work life ba- balance or integration and how can
0: we reframe it? I would say it's more about what success how success is viewed in that in that space you know that the person is a perfect whatever it is perfect husband perfect wife you know perfect mom perfect dad um, perfect caregiver giver perfect worker you know i i think that perfection Is the piece that we have to keep challenging ourselves on, and that's a mental of our own parents, our experiences, our traditions. And so I think to to um, reverse or reframe it, it's more about how do again how do we show up as our best selves in each of those areas of our lives, and what does that look like? And it's going to vary each day. And I think we have to be okay with that and give ourselves grace. And that it's not going to always feel like perfection. But the best thing you can do is give your best self in each one of those areas. However, they are, however, they show up in each given day. And I think if you do that, it'll give you more peace of mind and well being. And it will allow you to give of yourself to whatever that situation is work, um, spouses, um, children, um, parents. You know, I think it, it allows us to show up our best way. Um, so I think the model um, that I would look to reframe is that it's perfection is is the actual sign of success it isn't it's um it's showing up each day as your best self and enduring whichever piece of those days whatever piece you know just thrown at you that day um and ensuring that you know in those moments that you're doing your best and that's all anybody can ask for
1: and i i love that kim and that is perfection right i mean maybe it's just redefining what perfection is because we it's it's a tough it's a tough word to live up to, but you just freed us all up <laughs> to, to be our best selves in whatever space we're in. Uh, so Kim, thank you so much. I wish I could bottle this up and send it to every single person in the whole entire world, but I really appreciate you. I appreciate all of our listeners who are soaking this all in. Kim, thank you so much for all of the all of that you've said. You filled my cup, you filled our listeners' cup. And and thank you so much for who you are because you changed the world and that's amazing. You know
0: what? I appreciate that, Sue. And I appreciate you you guys um giving me an opportunity to share some thoughts. Um and I I I hope through if even one person honestly is impacted, you know, positively by our dialogue, then I think we we did our work for today. And so I appreciate it and I look forward to other opportunities with
1: you. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us for this
0: episode of Up Spiral Leadership. If you enjoyed the show and want to join us in co-creating change, please email podcast at upspiralleadership.com. You can also support the show by leaving us a like and review on Apple Podcasts or by sharing this episode with your friends and colleagues. Thanks again and stay inspired.